Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Fiona. My passion for sport really started when I was a competitive swimmer. This led me to study sport development at university whilst also working within the sporting industry. I'm a huge believer in sport being used as a tool for good. Each week, I'll bring you an episode with someone involved in the sporting world. It could be your local high school teacher or your childhood or current sporting hero. The difference is that it's not your typical type of questions. We talk about the highs and lows in their journey through sport, but also what they've learned from it and how it's made them who they are today. There's also a strong focus on how being involved in sport can impact the community. If you haven't already, make sure you hit follow wherever you're listening so you don't miss the drop of each new episode. If you're after some bonus content, then you can check out our Instagram or Facebook page at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This week's guest is with a good friend, Robert Keeney. Rob takes us through the world of combat sport, particularly kickboxing, BJJ and MMA. He shares his insights into what sport can teach you and the lessons he has learned about himself along the way. You'll get to hear what made him want to, in his words, put his pretty face on the line by starting a combat sport and how the love of training has transitioned over to his professional life. Can you please tell us about your sport and how you got into it? All right, can do. My sport is MMA and kickboxing, and I suppose BJJ, but uh, how did I get into it? Well, let's take it back to when I was a little kid, watching like all these VHS videos of kung fu movies and being like, man, Bruce Lee is a badass. <laughs> so like, I'd run around in like pajamas and shit, just like doing kung fu in my garden, and just like people thinking, what a, what a, <laughs> This kid, there's something wrong with him, you know? Um, And then I kind of left it for a little bit because I was busy doing swimming and school and just kind of like vibing, you know? And then I hit, I'm going to say 19. Yep, 19 when I started uh, kickboxing. I was like watching the UFC and stuff and I was like, I think I just Googled, is there an MMA near my house? And yep, sure enough. Um, and a little unassuming gym posted up with like a very uh, renowned coach that had a lot of accolades, like a champion kickboxer, a UFC striking coach. Uh, and I, I had no idea like how high level some of these guys were. I was just like, hell yeah. I joined that gym at 19 um, just to get fit, nothing else. So it was just using it once a week. So I basically, I quit smoking, believe it or not, at the time, just to pay mm-hmm. for my MMA. And it just started with kickboxing when I was 19, just to get fit. And then I saw some dudes wrestling, like this guy, he he was an all-American wrestler. And that means he was in the top eight of his division in wrestling in America, which means like it's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And to see these guys wrestling with each other, I was like, holy, you know. Molly. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, good heavens, gracious fiddlesticks and all that. <laughs> These guys are the most athletic specimens I've ever seen. I want to try this. And I just got manhandled, like thrown around like a rag doll. And I was like, this is it. So yeah, I, I just kind of, you know, stuck around, kept progressing. Eventually at 20, they were like, hey, do you want to take a fight? And I was like, only 
it's, it's all I've ever wanted. Yeah, you know, like, um, so they put it up to me and I was like, all right, I've definitely got to quit smoking, not just like socially, I've got to like stop altogether. So far, I've been pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, there's, been, there's been the occasional one, but like for the most part, I stopped buying them altogether and I started taking the training seriously. <clears throat> Sorry, it's my emphysema <laughs> acting up. This um, is supposed to help people get into sport. Well, it, it did. You think okay. about it this way: I quit a very bad habit that could have, like, that cut my granddad's life short mm-hmm. when I was when he was seventy, um, and he smoked like a chimney. You know, like just Irish Catholic dude who worked the fields every day plowing potatoes or whatever right Mm -hmm. and i quit that habit so i could train and take it more seriously and um i devoted a large part of my life to that so and i did it willingly Mm -hmm. i i I quit the bad habits willingly so i took it seriously and i went on a traveling show to darwin for a fight um surprised myself by winning that fight and yeah i really accomplished something that i didn't know or really think about that i set out to do and I've just kind of been dawdling along. Uh, if for the record, it's all been kickboxing fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only MMA stuff I've done has been novice, and the only BJJ stuff I've done has been like comps. And even then, I haven't really put my all into it. Whereas like kickboxing, I've actually extended myself to go and like take these fights. Like I've gone out of my way to like make weight and stuff like that. Really, just yeah, it's been a real sense of accomplishment in what I can do, which has been good. See. I got into it and I got into it for my own reasons mm-hmm. and now I'm still here 10 years on for my own reasons. So you were swimming yep. throughout high school, is that right? Yeah, high school. Like competitive? Uh, I was competitive when I was younger, but not in high school. I was just doing it to really keep my parents happy, Yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, that's fair. And what was it that went, oh, I want to do kickboxing rather than swimming? Um, like I said, uh, I was 19 and I was watching UFC stuff uh, and I was like, you know what, these guys getting into a steel cage and beating the, the living daylights out mm-hmm. of another, that's, that, that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. I, I want to punch my friends too. So I, I pretty much, I, like I said, I googled the nearest like MMA gym to me um, and found what, is, what, what I would say was a pretty unassuming karate dojo slash MMA gym that happened to be really good like top level guys coming out of this gym and they have a little saying there that um, they didn't they adopted this saying I should I should preface but they have a saying that I like and it's that iron sharpens iron not cotton cotton doesn't sharpen iron if you want to be the best you have to train with the best Mm -hmm. and you've been doing it for 10 years so like what's kept you in the sport for 10 years because that's a long time it is a long time um mostly habit mm-hmm. um there's been a lot of habit like i said um they turned to me a little while ago and asked if i was interested in taking a pro fight and i said um that, that was my actual reaction i was like i don't know i've never really thought about it to be honest that w- that wasn't the goal but uh, i guess things change goals shift as you as a goalpost goes further out as you start to achieve short-term goals i guess you should shouldn't hurt to have long-term goals but they asked me if i wanted to do it and i said well mama didn't raise no quitter so i'll you know i'll give it a crack um so before i started really like taking that that proposal seriously i obviously got a knee injury but 
to get back to your original question before I like, go off on too much of a tangent, what kept me in the sport? A lot of habit, a lot mm-hmm. of routine, um, the community of the sport, uh, having people depend on me because I had people ask me like, similar weight categories to help them get ready for fights by training hard. And like we said, you know, you got to train with the best to be the best. So we we got guys doing coming in doing hard rounds of just throwing each other in and out, you know. And I I wasn't really preparing for the same level of fights as these guys, and I, my body was getting sore. And I was like, wow, okay. Can I commit to this? Probably, but I always had other priorities like uni or work or whatever. And I just kind of did MMA and kickboxing for fun. And it was, a, you know, it was a hobby. And now that I've been here in the game so long, um, like I said, they they asked me if I was considering uh, taking a pro fight. And yeah, I, I might be repeating myself here, but I was like, I'll give, yeah, I'll give anything a go. Why not? <laughs> Shout out to Jackie for not raising a quitter. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Jackie. If you ever listen to this, mum, I love you. Thanks for buying me a, uh, a gift to go train one month at an MMA gym when I was 19. That was the best. Oh, well, so it was your mum that helped you like, yeah. financially Initia- start it. Initially, yeah. she was like, oh, she went to the gym that I wanted to start at and bought me a Christmas gift. And they, <laughs> they didn't do that. That wasn't an offer, but they made one up for me. They just printed it out. And we're like... Yeah, they've paid a month up front, and I, yeah, I, I just took over the membership from there. Well, that's really nice. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So, so she played a big part in it. She she did. For somebody who has been there all along saying, I don't want you to fight, I don't want you to fight, you'll ruin your pretty face, yada, 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 like all the rest that the parents do. Um, she did a big part in facilitating <laughs> it, so kind of mixed messages if you're listening, mum, but... Or a supportive mother. Yeah, well, you know, luckily I've got a charming personality, so if my face gets ruined, it's not all bad, you know? Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got a torn ACL. Has there been, like, other injuries along your way? Like, this one's pretty bad. Uh, This is the worst injury by far. There was one other injury, believe it or not, I've survived the most head trauma. Mm-hmm. Your boy's built with a thick head, so most people they hit me in my forehead and I'm fine because that thing's built tough, you know. But the the biggest ones have been the biggest, most debilitating injuries have been accidental. So the knee was an accident getting ready for a fight. A little while ago, I went to a a workshop with a with a very famous kickboxer, name drop coming, Raymond Daniels. A 10-time world heavyweight champion, glory kickboxing champion, and actually a very nice human being. I want to put that out there, but um, extremely popular. As soon as like word got around that the, he was coming and giving a workshop uh, at our gym, it was like packed. There was like so many people, and uh, we were doing rounds of sparring, and somebody didn't watch where they were going, mm-hmm. and they stepped on my ankle, and that that hurt. That, that was a debilitating one. I was probably out for like two weeks with a sprained, like a serious sprained ankle. I might have torn something. I never really went and got it checked out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm making a face. <laughs> uh, I, I might have torn something, but you know, like I, I was 21 or something like that. So you just bounced back kind of thing. And I, I had one more injury that wasn't really debilitating, but like, Basically, I was doing like this little like sparring meet thing, you know, like a, a glorified sparring match and uh, I didn't have the best cup mm-hmm. in the world, you know what I mean? Like a best athletic cup. 
So it was moving around a little bit. And the cup that goes in your pants? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah, it was a cricket cup. Yeah. And I've never made that mistake again. Like that day afterwards, it like moved around and I copped one kick and it like nearly dropped me. I was like... Ouch. Yeah, I was about to puke up my... <laughs> Chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say my ball sack, but I wasn't oh. sure if that was a swear word or not. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that one out. Thank oh. you. You said you weren't going to do bad things. I, that, it was a testicle injury. What I, do you want me to do? That's perfect. Yeah. You can say that. Oh, well, my testes were very tested. <laughs> sorry. Right. I don't... I'm pushing the limit of what's allowed. Yes. Oh, sorry. Okay. But anyway, that day I went out. I went out and bought a diamond cup because, like, I was not willing to go through that again. That one kept me like bedridden for like half a day. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Let's put it this way: uh, a doctor had to look at them. <laughs> it was very awkward. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So don't use a cricket cup. Don't use a cricket cup for fighting. I, that's but like I hadn't had a fight, like an actual fight by then. That was like a little um, sparring or a. Um, like a well, an interclub. That's mm-hmm. the word I was looking for. Yeah, because there's three sports: there's kickboxing, BJJ, and MMA. Yep. What's the real difference between them? And like, I know you compete more in kickboxing, but like, how does it? Do, do they all do the same thing? Like, okay, explain so it to me because I don't understand. That's okay. And for all the other uh, amateurs out there listening that know the difference, I, I'm just saying, yeah. Or if you want to get into these sports, but you're not you know, combat, martial arts, or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're not sure where to start, or you don't really understand the difference, let me break it down for you. Thank you. BJJ or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, aka Mexican Ground Karate. If you know, you know. I don't know. That's okay. You're not supposed to know. <laughs> Good. Uh, that's uh, that's basically a grappling martial art or a sport, so there's no striking, there's no punches or kicks. You put on those big karate geese and like those big uniforms, and uh, you grab and throw each other. Point is to get a submission. So mm-hmm. you can do that via an ankle joint lock, or sorry, a, a joint lock, or whether a submission comes from a chokehold. It's up to you. Uh, if not, you know, it depends on the rule set. Uh, different com- different competitions have different promotional rules like for example submission only or how they score whatever and you can do that in a gear which is a big uniform or you can do that in no gear where you wear a rashi um, I only really I've got a BJJ blue belt and I only really have that out of like not wanting to get it just turning up day after day <laughs> in a gear just to learn and um, that's that's BJJ. So that's all about the grappling, grappling, submission, and ground game. So if you're finding yourself on the ground and you want to learn a sport that's not too high impact on the body but still will push your limits, BJJ is a good place to start. Um, I haven't done too many comps in that, but I've got a few, few like random, like decent titles, results. Yeah, yeah, at home. What have you got? Uh, I've got a silver medal and a bronze medal, but I don't remember for what comps. Good one. <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of collecting dust at the moment. BJJ was never the end goal. That was just something I picked up to up the MMA game. Yeah. Uh, kickboxing, it, it's a it's a mixture of boxing and kicking, but it, it has like almost a, a karate background mm-hmm. where it's basically striking a dynamic striking. So I do K1, and the K1 rule set is that you can do a little bit of grappling. There's no absolutely no ground stuff, so mm-hmm. you'll do it in the big like uh, 10 ounce boxing gloves. 
Um, it's mostly striking. You're allowed a little bit of grappling. You're allowed to throw some knees, no elbows, lots of kicks, lots of punching. It's a very dynamic sport, even more dynamic than MMA mm -hmm. because it's so fast-paced, stand-up striking. You know, you, are, you and the other guy are going to stand up and kick each other until one of you forgets what your childhood was like, you know? That's, that's kickboxing. That must be, like, I can see why your mum didn't want you to yeah, well, do that. Because I've seen you train. Yep. Obviously not at full capacity because of your knee. Yep. And, you know, someone else is holding pads. But I can hear the impact. Yeah, it hurts. Oh. Of that. But when someone else is kicking you back, like, I couldn't imagine. What's that like, like, in the moment? Uh, in the moment, for so far, you get the adrenaline rush. So I'm going to say, like, I haven't had anything really bad. Um, training has been worse than actual matches. Mm -hmm. um, training is meant to be worse. The, the idea at the end of the day is your sparring partner is going to be tougher than whoever you have to fight. If you've done the training, you've done the hard work, you, when you get there, the work's done. All you need to do is let your body do what it does, you know? So you've done thousands of kicks, you've done thousands of punches, you've put in the work. Um, now you just need to let it take care you know almost autonomous mm -hmm. is, is how i get into a ring i don't really think about the game plan too much i have it in my head but i'm ready to adapt it on the fly because mm -hmm. at the end of the day the game plan is to be kick their head off or chop them down you allowed to kick their head oh yeah really yeah that seems very dangerous oh yeah yeah <laughs> whatever <laughs> well, who cares yeah, whatever the point of the game is to not get kicked in the head for you so <laughs> Yeah, true. How's your defensive? MMA. MMA. So I saved that deliberately for last. So that's a, a blend of all of those sports. It's been refined into a, a little bit of a, a well-oiled machine in most recent years. It started actually the same year I was born, in 1992. The first UFC promotion came out where they wanted to do a mixed martial arts competition, and it was wild. They mm. got like, you know grossly mismatched weight categories and dudes wearing almost whatever the hell they want and like like it, it was like the wild west of like <laughs> fighting it's like it wasn't like a boxing match or anything like that it was like something completely different and it's been what they found is that a mixture of all the best you know uh, effective martial arts really worked mm -hmm. so bjj muay thai boxing uh kickboxing um judo all of, all of these their sports, probably a few more that I'm missing. And if they've got any combat fans out there that want to add to the list or, or debate me, honestly, <laughs> put it in the comments <laughs> or, or, or just fight me. That's, that's fine too. That's kind of the point, isn't it? Oh yeah. Uh, I guess they're combat. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this one's all for you combat tough guys out there. Oh, you know, do not. I'm no. Just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I, in all actuality, I haven't had a fight in like two years anyway, so I'm probably the most tough guy quotation out there and it's it's really a blend of all of them so stylistically you can take whatever you want to an mma fight and make your game work at the end of the day if you're getting into an mma fight you want to make your game plan work what are you good at are you good at grappling are you good at kicking are you good at punching how are you going to make that game plan work for you that's that's ultimately the sport so you're taking all of those elements from all those martial arts and making it work to your style mm. and Kickboxing is your main strength, would you uh, say? I, 
I, I would like to think of it as my main strength, but sadly, I think it's wrestling. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a very... What are you doing? Why aren't you doing BJJ? Because <laughs> uh, I, I just don't like the geese. Oh, okay. I just like punching, all right? I'm not that great at it, I'll be the first to admit. I'm very good at kicking people, so I can control distance and space. I'm very good at... Um, Working like working in leg kicks and tricky spinning kicks and tricky head kicks, you know, I could do fancy stuff, mm -hmm. which feels nice. But like I'd probably say one of my biggest strengths is wrestling in terms of a, a complete grappling game. Um, I could, like I said, like some of the people that I regularly sp spar with or grapple with or wrestle with are like all American wrestlers or um, high profile on the local scene at least MMA athletes. So. If I were to get back into the cage, I would probably be looking to take somebody down, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Rightio. So how, like how far the competition, how far have you gotten up? Like you've gone past local. Yep. So local was like interclub stuff. So yep. that's really the first place where people step up and kind of test their medal is like, uh, basically you get in, interclub, if you're not aware, is when you get matched with somebody from another club usually like a sister gym or whatever and you organize an event to go and it's just between the clubs mm -hmm. which is always a nice thing um and then beyond that there is novice where it'll be almost like a real fight kind of like you get put into a ring or a cage or whatever and it's novice rule sets are different for the protection and safety of the combat athletes you will still get blood tested to be uh, tested for communicable diseases. And then there comes amateurs, which is where I'm at. And then bordering on to, from amateur, you sort of make the jump to professional, but there's a big leap between amateur and professional. Um, you know, doing this for a job and sell it, like even at amateur levels, you do go to shows, mm -hmm. like you, you sell tickets. There's a lot of great shows out there that support the amateur scene of MMA, kickboxing, uh, boxing in Australia there's a few up-and-coming shows I've been on myself Waco which is a I think it's World Association kickboxing organization check that out another name drop um, that I've been on that a few times uh, where you could go to a venue like Melbourne Pavilion or you'll go to uh, I think I went to a PLC once which is like like a wrestling center Really? Yeah. It sounds like a high school. I, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. And like, I was just expecting like, I don't know, like a, like a couple of like family and friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just like, I was expecting maybe an audience of like 40, 50 people, yeah. you know, it was like, it was like bleachers and stuff just oh. packed out. Yeah. It was like a hundred plus people in like the first row alone. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 wait, it's the face on. you're making right now <laughs> was kind of like the surprise I felt. Um, there was hundreds of people, but there was about 20 odd fights in that last show that I went to. Um, and I, I was blown away by how many people there were. Um, but yeah, again, like it was almost like it was a professional show. Mm. It was like, and if you go to Melbourne Pavilion, that's usually packed out as well, which is another really big venue where they host a lot of um, high level shows as well. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on in the combat scene. It's steadily been growing since, well, uh, 90s. Uh, yeah, pretty since much. Since you were born. Print, yeah. <laughs> Putting it very plainly. Nice. Okay. So you get blood tested yep. for transferable diseases. Yeah. 
like HIV, like anything like that. Is that what that is? Like yes. what to keep people safe? I wouldn't even ever thought of that. It's not something that you consider, um, but yeah, you have to get blood tests for a lot of shows because it's not uncommon to be cut or bleeding. Yeah. Uh, particularly in MMA, if you're throwing like an elbow or a sharp jab, you're looking to cut the person. Um, they, they, you probably didn't know this, but if you didn't know this, they put... Vel- uh, What's that stuff? Vaseline. There we go. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, they put Vaseline on your eyebrows to reduce the friction of a punch to the face to stop you from bleeding. Mm. Mm, That's what it's for. Right. And is there like a blood rule? Like once you're bleeding, you have to get off or something? No, no. There's no such rule. You can stand there and trade hands with a guy while completely bleeding, like profusely bleeding. And they can be bleeding too? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's so why, that's why you get tested. That's why that rule is in place. Uh, if they want to stop it, that's up to the ref, the ref's call. And that would be known as a TKO or a technical knockout. Hmm. You're teaching me a lot. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the audience is interested as there well. There you go. <laughs> so if you're interested in getting into these sports or being competitive yourselves, here's a little breakdown of how it all works. <laughs> if you're afraid of needles, probably not the sport for you. Oh, yeah, I pass out. <laughs> needles but that's okay not the sport for me uh, some people are more afraid of the needle than they are their own opponent yeah that would be me <laughs> um so this is a new question so oh. this is very exciting you're the first person to be asked this one oh, i'm exhilarated great i'm so happy if you could go back and relive a moment in your sporting journey what would it be and why Oh, oh. throwing me a curveball. I told one. you about it. You did. You. <laughs> I have pre-warned you, you for weeks. Pre-warned me for weeks, and did I pay much attention? <laughs> no, but it's okay. I can answer this pretty, pretty easily. Uh, first of all, like the easiest one to come back to would be this knee injury. So, torn my ACL, and it was a complete tear. However, I've avoided. Uh, damage to my meniscus so if you guys know what physiology there you go Mm -hmm. um so three months post injury i'm almost back to where i was in terms of capability but this is one of the things that i'd easily say i would redo you got COVID the same day too i absolutely did and i'm tearing my acl i um i went and played mini golf that night did you really i did i refused i know i know i refused to accept that i was injured and then yeah the next day i couldn't walk so i was like okay maybe i'm injured i was ready to tape myself up and get into that ring like despite the debilitating pain in my knee Uh, and why was i ready to do that because i i was in complete denial about my injury and i wanted to i had some goals that i wanted to achieve i wanted to get in there and i wasn't really prepared to let anything stop me Uh, it took me 10 years of martial arts and training to get that mindset and mm-hmm. develop it um not saying it was a good one it, it actually uh encumbered me a little bit here it uh it was detrimental to my health because i refused to accept that i was injured that that would be and the worst part about all that was is i was one week out from my fight mm-hmm. my, my fight date like i was you know getting ready all i had to do was cut weight um last hard training session was done and then begins the tapering and what do I do? I'm messing around with some guy in like the eight ounce MMA gloves and I like just catch my foot at a funny angle as we're doing a takedown. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Just sound. And I was like, yep, I'm in agony. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. So um, 
that that would be the easiest thing to change or the thing that strikes out the most to me is that most recent injury that has sort of set me up like I don't get me wrong I'm definitely in a good mindset all things considered um, you you saw me come to work you know limping around nothing mm-hmm. was really gonna stop me or dampen my mood mm-hmm. you know? but if I could change anything it would be changing the circumstances in which I was injured in which I would change it to a way that I wasn't injured that's the easiest one I can think of only because um, it was a large it was a big disappointment to basically pull out at the last minute one week out one week out yeah all the work had been done it's almost like throwing all that hard work away mm. almost I want to make that distinction it wasn't thrown away it wasn't wasted and like in terms of the recovery mm-hmm. it's been you've done incredibly well thank you and like seeing even what you were like six weeks after you did it mm. which was a while ago now like six weeks ago now yeah like you were pretty much you could kick yeah i could kick yeah i could change direction i could kick at a, at a low tempo and pace mind you i can up that pace now but not for too long no because then i start to feel that the leg fatigues and then um once it's fatiguing the muscles aren't st- uh, stabilizing so it's going to start grinding away mm. i've nearly returned full range of motion but to get to where i was this quickly it took a lot like there wasn't a day where i wasn't doing like a 40 minute bike ride or lying on a bed and stretching the knee out or doing rehab of some kind. It's always doing something just to get the leg moving as quickly as possible. That would have been, when I say every day, I mean every day. I'm talking Christmas, Boxing Day, Mm. New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. Like I injured myself on the 20th of November and I've been doing almost like something every day. Not always the full rehab that I've been set, but something and then in the time that I had COVID you know like I was um, icing it I was doing everything I could to keep it everything moving and recovering as soon as much as I could does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah, yeah yeah and you have been working hard like I've watched you well thank you do some of your rehab and handle it a lot better than what I would have oh well you know like I said I, I it started with it's stubbornness really like I, I refuse to accept I'm injured um, that became a very uh, stark reality very quickly when you're like okay I can't walk so that same stubbornness has just been turned around to be like yo am I gonna be injured for six months is what they're telling me I'm like no I'm gonna be injured for as little time as possible so mm. I'm just stubbornly working away at getting my leg and uh, you know it's 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 holding out on me it's doing all right it's doing pretty good yeah but I, I test the limits fairly regularly yeah do you think because we haven't mentioned this before you have a Bachelor of Exercise Science. That's it. I got a Bachelor from exercise, of Exercise Sports Science from Deakin University. Do you think that background has helped you? Uh, I do. I really think it's helped um, get an understanding of what's going on. It's nice to read uh, uh, the doctor's report and go, I actually know what this is and what's going on. I'm working with the physios that are giving me exercises, you know, not in layman's terms are giving me almost like the same jargon that mm. they'd expect another physio to use which is good because I understand what I, what they want from me and I can extrapolate from that a little bit and work 
Oh yeah, I'm sorry, it was just a big word. Extrapolate means to make bigger. I know what extrapolate oh, means. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't look confused. You raised your eyebrows. I was just listening. Okay, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> extrapolate. Yeah, I could extrapolate from what they were telling me and expand upon that because when you've got COVID, obviously no physio wants to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, I've been doing telehealth conferences, so... When they give me the exercises, it's pretty easy to see the value in the exercises and understand what they want me to do and why. Mm-hmm. And then I can work upon that a little bit. Even one of the exercises that I gave myself, um, the physio gave to me, so I was pretty proud of that. I was like, aha, yes. I did it right. I noticed Yay. this was working well for me, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would say the exercise science degree has definitely helped. Like I said, not only understand and liaise with the physios, but also see the value in what rehab can do and what it can do for my physiology and what I can do for recovery and rehab. Um, so I've been working at that as best I can. Mm, nice, I like that. And was it, when did you become a PT? 23, 24? Uh, 2016. How old were you? Oh, um, six years ago now, so. I would have been 23. 23, so yeah. I knew. Yeah, so, spot on. Because wow. I remember we worked together then. Yep. And what was it, other than not wanting to be a swim teacher and a lifeguard anymore, that made you want to go into that field? Um, I was a volunteer firefighter at the time and a swim teacher as a profession. And I needed to figure out, yeah, I was just getting out of firefighting at the time um, and I needed to figure out what I was going to do with myself because that was the plan to volunteer for long enough to be a fireman and then after three years I was just kind of a bit over it. Um, so I was like, alright, I guess I'll drag myself to uni. What can I do while I'm at uni? Uh, probably don't want to be a swim teacher for the next three to four years. Oh, thanks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> So a bit sick of uh, smelling like a swimming pool and I'd already been one for four years so time to move on. I became a PT in 2016 so I could get flexible work hours and a good work hours, you know, a good work that I enjoyed doing while still studying and training and keeping up with sport and the high demands that the sport has because there's no off season in MMA. Mm. You just fight when you fight. Similar you know? to swimming. Exactly. There's no off season. You just, you just go. Mm. Um, so you're always kind of on, um, and I went to uni part-time, three out of four subjects kind of thing, Yeah. and uh, made a three-year degree, a four-year degree. But, I did that too. Ah, it's, it's worth it for, yeah. Like, yeah, it's worth so it for worth the it. work-life balance. <laughs> I like work and I hate study, you know? Like, so I did that, um, and I was a PT the whole time, and finishing that degree, um, I came out of there, and now I'm a gym manager, which is pretty cool too. It has a lot, it's different. I still get to do PT things, which is really cool. Um, Dealing with people is honestly my favorite part of the day where I get to train people and make a difference in their day. So being a PT was a pretty good step for me when back in 2016, um, it was nice to be able to connect with people and get really get the best out of them Mm. and achieve something. So that's why I did it in 2016 and now six years on um, and one exercise science degree later, still pretty happy with my choices yeah and you're you're really good at what you do as well like. uh, she's just saying that because i'm her pt let's let's all remember that for a minute everyone well, 
yeah <laughs> well that, i think that, uh, that says everything doesn't yeah, it like right. i trust you enough I, for I, you to be my pt i just want to make it clear to everyone i don't know if she's saying that to be flattering to get out of doing bench press or let's be honest i've just had my pt <laughs> session ah uh, yeah <laughs> so if anything how is this going to help me by giving you a compliment now that's true yeah i mean there's always next week but I... <laughs> but thank you i appreciate that no i think you're a great pt you hear that that's i'm a great pt come get some training <laughs> free advertisement cool so is there like a benefit that sport has provided you that's transferred over to other avenues of your life uh, this sport in particular, I'd say resilience. Mm -hmm. um, definitely a lot of resilience because these are some of the most resilient people in the world. You know, you tell them that they have to restrict their diet um, for a certain amount of time to reach a certain weight and they say, okay. How know? do you do that? Uh, <sighs> like mentally? Mentally, it can be hard. It's, that's a whole that's a whole other kettle of fish and all the rest of that. Like that's a whole thing you could talk about for a long time, I'd say diet and mentality around diet um it doesn't i learned that it doesn't have to be bad you know you can still enjoy every bite of what you eat and if you're going too hungry you're doing it wrong kind of thing but yeah it can be it can be very demanding you know you can go like okay i've got like a week to cut two and a half kilos like wow okay i'm gonna jump in a salt bath <laughs> just sit there for a like half an hour or something like that you know like you, you cut some water weight here, you, you diet for a week or two before you go, you know, you still got to manage energy and things like that. And I, I don't want to talk about diet too much, but yeah, you know, back to the resilience lesson, <laughs> you tell these people that you're going to get into a steel cage, okay, you're going to fight someone who's an opponent that's been matched up against you and it's going to be a fairly even fight still say okay you have to cut your diet down and you have to weigh a certain amount and they still say okay there's a lot of physical and mental stress that come with both sides of that um, so these are typically very resilient people and very tough mentally and physically anyone who has ever been in any kind of combat fight sport that's being sanctioned about you know what I'm talking about or if you've ever thought about it it does take a lot I'll give you that as a heads up right now it's really given me a lot of sense of accomplishment mm -hmm. um, and achievement and definitely ticking off a lot of goals fitness wise it's been fantastic um, you get to really really focus your skills in you know, hone your skill set train your body to its up and you know what what you're capable of your utmost yeah you know it's nice to see that uh, it's nice to learn a technique and then actually execute it you know that that's another thing as well like learning this chokehold is one thing when somebody's letting you do it to them doing it on somebody you know that doesn't want to be strangled you know do it almost like involuntary yoga just stretching them out in the <laughs> <laughs> that took me a minute to yeah get that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's another thing entirely you know uh so or it's nice to punch a pad and it, it hits hard and it's got that impact it's nice to, uh, to punch a head is it? Kind of, yeah. Well, it's better than being punched in the head, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so, but I, I don't know. Um, it's definitely given me a lot of sense of fulfillment, um, a lot of sense of achievement, and a sense of resilience if I was to cap it off. Mm. There you go, there's my... I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, nice. Sense of fulfillment, that's good, because it is like you're working hard towards a goal, hmm. and you're either achieving it or you're getting close to it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And if you even if you don't achieve your goal the first time, you take a lesson from it anyway. I mean, this is not like just martial arts. You don't really lose. All right, you learn. <laughs> yes, you have just segued to my next question. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I didn't even read them. I know. <laughs> now you're doing it. It's the flow of the questions. So, is there a lesson that you've learnt along the way? That's a very that nice flow. Of, uh, wow! Look at my. This is look at this hostess with the mostess. She's got the questions. Oh, she's got the interviewing process nailed to a T. Oh, stop it! Stop it! Uh, well, I would say I've learned. You learn a lot of lessons. Um, I'll be very precise at the moment. When it comes to the fight game, you learn what you do well in a fight you learn what you didn't do well you can always watch back footage usually uh, I don't have a lot of footage of my stuff but um, when I do it's almost like a highlight reel so I guess that's not really the best but um, you internalize your mistakes mm -hmm. a lot of people take their own failings and their own mistakes to heart the most and they they don't generally forget it at least for me when I mess up I take that mistake and I try to learn from it because uh, it's only really a failure if you don't learn from the mistake. So long as you're taking on board what you didn't do well and refining the process at the workshop, it's it's not really a loss. Mm. You know, you you win or you or you learn. That's as simple as that. If you uh, if you get into a fight and you get knocked out in ten seconds, how do you turn that around from like, okay, how did this happen? What what went wrong? Did I come in with my guard down? Was I too relaxed to start? You know that's what happened or did i did i lose a close fight um but i gave it my all where did, where did it go wrong do you need to work on your ground game do you need to work on your wrestling do you need to work on your boxing what is it what's the missing puzzle piece of your of your game if you're doing mma for example mm. if you're doing kickboxing it's like okay i lost to a southpaw or whatever so what's the game plan from there how are you going to refine that are you going to go spar with southpaws probably what, what was the actual question you were going to ask? <laughs> What's the lesson that you've learned? Yes, yeah, so that's that's the lessons that you can learn from a fight. Um, what you can learn that pertains to life is, I suppose, what you can learn is about yourself. Like, for example, how are you under pressure? Mm -hmm. um, how are you in tough situations? Do you, do you want to quit immediately or do you kind of dig your heels in and... And grind it out you know what I mean like and you are stubborn so what do you do I'm extremely stubborn you know I'm like a <laughs> I'm like a workhorse that won't drink water when you lead it to water you know like when when people tell me um, you know it's gonna be a certain way I almost want to spike them that's that's a deep source of motivation for me is just to be like oh, look, watch me watch me yeah, yeah. I think that's why we work so well together at work. I mean, I you feel, can't do this. Watch me. Yeah, I feel immature saying it. It's almost like a cheeky monkey kind of thing, isn't it? Like, hey, Rob, you can't, you can't do a backflip in this bar. Watch me, you know. Or, oh, Rob, you can't. You know, you shouldn't be walking. It's like watch, watch me. me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like I said, I think you can learn a lot about yourself in hard situations, and you can learn a lot about yourself in what you can do and what you can achieve which has always been something amazing to me is like how much i can achieve because we when you watch the i don't know if it's anyone else can relate to this but watching people who know how to fight watching people 
who can throw hands the first time can be kind of overwhelming because they're just so good. It's almost as, a, as if you've been completely untrained. You don't know what the difference is between you and them because you can't see it. You don't know the finer details that make them so good. It's almost embarrassing when you get schooled, you know, you hop into a BJJ gym and get choked out by a 50 kilo girl. You're like, oh, okay, I've learned something. <laughs> but th these things can happen, you know, like, yeah, like I said, you can learn a little bit about who you are and how you deal with tough stuff. Mm. And I think that transfers over to a lot of sports because like in swimming, for example, you push yourself to a certain point and you're like, okay, so when I'm at this breaking point, this is how I react to bad news or this is how I react to make, you know, having to do it again. Yeah, exactly. Restarting. Because I'm sure we're all accustomed to failure. Um, and we, we I, I think a lot of us can pinpoint where we wanted to give up. What was yeah. the moment we, we wanted to give up? Uh, was it if you're swimming, did you want to give up halfway through a hundred because you were falling behind and feeling kind of tired or, you know, no. you, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm just giving like this off the top of my head. What was the point that you wanted to give up on a goal? Yeah. I think a lot of us can pinpoint that and you know, it, it's definitely, I think even in kickboxing, if I bring it back to my sport, you can see the point where people want to give up, mm. where they know that they've lost it, like, you can see it in their eyes. Not just their eyes, but their behavior, their their attitude. Like, um, if you watch like a fight where a guy is getting his absolute leg turned into a mashed potato, you know, at some point he's going to want to give up, mm -hmm. and, you, and you know it, you know, and like they know it, and they can see it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and like being able to know where your limits are. Mm. And yeah, how you handle things. Like I guess, it, and it even transfers over to how you handle things in general life and like you're cool as a cucumber in conflict and maybe that's because of your training background whereas I'm more likely to like tee off <laughs> yeah I I mean I can avoid confrontation like that's usually the the most that I'll do is I'll avoid confrontation because it's just easier but when I have to and I when I want to or when I need to I can just dig my heels in, look that person in the eye and say what needs to be said, you know, like, but mo for the most part, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, just let it go, you know, <laughs> yeah, there are worse things in life. Actually, you know, I'll come back to that question that you asked before. Uh, something that I learned personally is that usually and why I can be pretty chill in some situations or social situations is like, oh, well, at least I'm not trying to kick my head off. <laughs> That's always something I can fall back on. It's like, ah, I'm going into this show with flashing lights and loud music and, you know, and a, a guy that's trained to, for the last, like, 12 weeks solely to punch my head, you know, I can go, oh, well, at least I'm not in that situation. And then all of a sudden a board meeting or whatever or a, a, a staff training meeting hosted by me <laughs> that I've been prepped for, like, 10 minutes beforehand, suddenly that's not so bad. And I'm just like, hey, guys. You know? Your swim classes that yeah. you have to teach because I have. Yeah, swim classes that get dropped on you in the last minute and like easy peasy. Watch me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't think anyone's really had that before. So thank you for bringing that to the table. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, a big part, well, you've probably known me for a while. So you probably, you have, you've known me for a while. I have known you for a while. But a big part of like 
who I am and what this podcast is, is like bringing something and giving it back to the community. So have you been involved in something where sport or exercise has been used as a tool to develop the community? Absolutely, I have. So um, you know Jade, you've met her, my most regular training partner who holds pads for me. What a boss. By the way, for people listening, um, she is a a mum of two, single mum of two, 50 plus, you know, I'm 20 something. You know, she's been holding for me for the last seven years now. So I want to make it clear that martial arts is for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, She can hold for me and, you know, there's there's quite a disparity between, you know, our physiology. You you can attest to that, yes, Fee? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little while back when her partner passed, and the reason why she is a single mum, our community came together, the martial arts community, the gym that we all trained at. We we hosted a, a workshop where you know you you pay money and you you basically come in and you train and you drill it was like it was a fairly big event you know you you paid to get in all of the money hosted from that went to jade and her family that's so lovely yeah yeah i don't know yeah it it happened i think 20 just say 2015 but uh, if jade jade if you're listening you can correct me on that (laughs) but yes we we hosted something like that and all of the donations went solely to her family to support her in that difficult time. That's, that's just one of like countless examples of like a community coming together to achieve something through sport. Mm-hmm. I'm sure lots of sporting clubs and lots of sporting bodies do that. That's the one that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, the one cool thing about martial arts is there's plenty of people from different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'm training with people that English is their second language, you know, um, different religions, ethnicities, you know, all sorts of things coming together, all to enjoy violence together. (laughs) In a controlled environment. In a controlled environment, absolutely, because we wouldn't be friends. We're teammates, we build each other up. We wouldn't be friends if we hurt each other all the time, (laughs) you know. Sometimes we spar and it doesn't hurt, um, but uh, it's, we come together as a community from different working class backgrounds, different you know upbringings and values even, um, all to lift one another up. Mm. Um, there's you know at the end of the day, if you're getting into a cage fight or whatever you're doing, whatever sport, it is a soul sport. It is a solely you versus them sport, and it's, you're the only one that can do anything. Once that door closes. Uh, and, the, and the gates are locked it's a fight it's on it's you and the other guy even though that is the case you do have and you should have a team supporting you from the outside being your outside perspective and right up until that moment where they lock the door you are with your teammates um, you have come together and have supported one another and you need to because it is a big step up you need you have coaches training partners uh, friends, family, all these little columns of support that post you up to be the best athlete you can be. And I'm sure this applies to all sports, mm-hmm. not just mine, but I'm just using mine as an example. Um, that, that in itself is an example of a community coming together to support one another. Mm. And the, I didn't know that about Jade, and I think it's really beautiful that you know, the, it was just the local club coming together to support someone in, in need that, you know, was in need because nothing to do with the sport, yeah, pretty much. So, ex- exactly right. Yeah, like that's 
a great example of how sporting clubs and communities can band together during tough times. And I'm sure there's countless of examples within the community that we don't even know about. Oh yeah, exactly right. That's what I mean. Like there's so many examples of uh, sporting communities coming together to achieve something like that, you know? Mm. And I also, and I know you get paid as a PT, but that does make a difference to the community, even like the work community. Yeah, well, you know, that exactly right. Like um, one of the biggest uh, reasons that I'm still a PT is like I said, making a difference in somebody's day. It could be the highlight of somebody's day or if you're giving them burpees, you could be the low light of somebody's day, but- Chest press. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but if you do it as like a class or you do it as a group, you know, you guys went through that suffering together whether it's a group exercise class or a, a, a sparring session, you guys went through that together. Mm. You can talk about how much that sucked together <laughs> and then you can enjoy a latte afterwards. Like, oh my God, you go eat a muffin and undo most of the work you did in the class. Don't say that. You can eat muffins if you want to. You can eat muffins if you want to. But uh, my point is that you guys went through that together. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm not here to shame anyone. Life is all about balance and all the rest. You know, if you want to be, if you, I think personally, I always advocate for a balanced approach to life. You want to enjoy the glass of wine and a muffin at, in the morning, whatever. <laughs> at 10 o'clock, go for it. 10 p.m. at night because you can't sleep, go for it. Sometimes <laughs> happiness is health. Exactly. Okay. Last question. Are you ready for it? Oh, is it a big one? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's loaded. <laughs> Are you ready? Hit me. All right. Where do you see the future of sport? Of my sport? Take it wherever you want, Rob. Oh, that's a very open-ended question. I know. Where do I see the future of sport? You know what? I'm just going to keep it because I've already talked about the local MMA scene. I see the future of combat sports growing, especially mm. here in Australia. Sports in general will always have its place in people's lives uh, and their livelihood. It's entertainment. It's spectator sports. It's everything in between. Um, it's good for people, like, you know, mentally, it's good for people's well-being and community. It's a huge pillar of a community. But I'm going to refine that question down a little bit. I think the local combat sports scene is definitely on the rise. Um, in the time that I have been doing the sport, like, which is a little over a decade, seen the rise of things like the IMAF, which is the International Amateur Mixed Martial Arts Federation, or the Waco. I was there for like the first ever Waco fights, which was like hosted at the Arnie's, by the way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I know, right? It was wild. <laughs> just a bunch of bodybuilders watching these skinny dudes, <laughs> pla like, just go at it, you know? Um, yeah, I've, I've seen that grow. I've seen um, coaching communities grow and uh, new regulating bodies and sporting bodies for mixed martial arts, kickboxing, BJJ, and all, even new BJJ competitions are on the rise and gyms are out there, you know, so there's plenty of young athletes ready to give it their all. And as, as the levels and uh, body and sport of MMA, kickboxing, whatever, as they grow, the level of competition will grow too. Mm. So... It's, it's really nice to watch um, all of these things come out and be a part of that a little bit. I, I myself have been working on a little something here. I, I can't talk about it too what? much. What? I haven't mentioned it to you, but I... What? 
Okay, off air, we're going to discuss this. I will, yes. I've been like working... straight after this. Okay, all I can say is it's a uh, internationally recognized coaching body for kickboxing. I've been a part uh, of that. Uh, over lockdown, I've been working with coaches from Austria, the USA, um, to develop this body a little bit. I was almost like a test run kind of thing, and I, I, I did... I did have to give my degree to the guy that I was working with <laughs> just to be like, hey, yes, I do know what I'm talking about. And this guy has a master's in biomechanics, yeah. yada, yada, yada. I haven't talked to you about it because I, well, I haven't been putting, it's been a little while. and I It's on the back burner. Yeah. And it's also been uh, sort of like not at, you know, privilege to disclose it. So... The future of sports, definitely on the rise. Uh, where you want to put that magnifying glass is up to you, uh, the listener, or us, the interviewees. <laughs> oh, yes. How you want to interpret where that's going. Sports is definitely on the rise. I'm sure if you're listening in, you're probably a, uh, a fan of some sport or another. Or a friend of us. Or a friend. <laughs> Shout out to the friends and family. We, our colleagues that we're all forcing. All the colleagues, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that you've uh, been a part of some sport or another in mm. one way, and you, whether you took that as a part of your life, uh, moving forward or growing up, uh, it, entirely how you interpret sports. But yes, I think it's on the rise. I'm excited about whatever you're working on, and you're <sighs> going to tell me as soon as we finish recording in a minute. Okay. But also, to the point that you said that it's how you interpret it, and that's so true because it's however you or whatever lesson that you need to learn or whatever lesson you want to learn or get out of the sport is the lesson that you're going to learn and hey, transfer it over to other avenues. Exactly. And it's cool that you said that for someone who doesn't believe in the power of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> I believe cool. in the power of self. Yes, but like wherever you get that power from, like, yeah, you can get things from different places and sport is a tool. I say it's a tool in the toolbox to... To teach you life lessons like resilience or being able to like look at yourself and go, okay, well, this is what I learned and this is how I'm going to get better. So yeah, thank you for coming on. You're very welcome. You spent your lunch hour with me. I did. Okay. It's, it's been one hell of an hour. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Catch ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top-level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.